Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rocky Hill Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall, see ya! Into the second deck, a grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge, and the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And last night we witnessed an historic performance in the NBA Finals. Giannis was outstanding, scoring 50 points. He had a phenomenal night. He obviously was the NBA Finals MVP. And the Bucs win their first championship in 50 years as they beat as they beat the Suns last night, 105-98. They win the series four games to two. It was a great uh, run by the by the Bucks. It was throughout the postseason. They were down 0-2 to the Nets. They came back and won that series in seven, beat the Hawks in six, and then they finished it off beating the uh, Suns in six. And, uh, I mean, for Giannis, I mean, right now, right now, I would say he's clearly a top three player in the game. I mean, his legacy, this really helped his legacy getting a championship. Uh, and he's got, he's got two MVPs and an NBA title. I mean – the guy is just phenomenal. I mean, he's great defensively. He's great. He's, he's probably he's, he's he's probably one of the best. He's definitely uh, one of the be- probably one of the best defensive big men in the game. Uh, he's you know that's the best defensive big man in the game. He's he's the best in the league at getting to the basket. Yeah, he d- doesn't shoot threes well, but he does everything else at an elite level, and that's why he's a top three player in this game. And uh, r- really, look, look looking back at this series, and we'll take it back to Game Four when really the Suns had control of this series. I mean, they were up by five points with five and a half to go, and then that's the series completely turned around. around. Middleton was great in Game Four. Giannis had that huge block on DeAndre Ayton. Then you had the Drew Holiday steal, and then. Uh, then uh, Middleton, uh, then uh, Holiday hit Middleton for the layup, and that gave uh, that gave Milwaukee the uh, that win in Game Four. And then in Game Five, 
I mean, that was probably the best game in the series. That game was that was a phenomenal game. I mean, I mean, uh, both teams played great. Devin Booker was outstanding. He was outstanding in Game Four, but he's outstanding in Game Five as well. Uh, and that game came down to another Drew Holiday steal and a Giannis dunk. Uh, and that and that that and that ended in Game Five, and then in Game Six last night. I mean, slow, slow start by both teams. Bucks went up early. Uh, Suns led at halftime, but it was Giannis taking over at the end, and he proved why he was clearly the best player on the court in the series. And the Bucks are the NBA championships. Justin, your thoughts on the NBA finals. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, congrats to the Bucks on a great run there to obviously get their first championship in 50 years. Um yeah, for the for the um Bucks game four late, they kind of changed their momentum. I thought to game five, you know, Phoenix had the big lead at the first quarter. Weren't able to um you know hold off hold off the Bucks kind of gave gave them some life and the Bucks Took the game late on, um, yeah, yeah, as you said, on the Drew Holiday steal. Giannis was unbelievable. Um, the performance he had, it, you know, last night going 17 for 19 at the free throw line. That, I know and that was the shock problem. that he was actually yeah. hitting free throws. That was the shock because you all playoffs long they were doing the countdown, and the biggest shock was the way he was able to hit free throws. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the biggest key of that game last night. You know, he made, you know, Phoenix was 16 for 19 from the line, Giannis himself was 17 for 19. and you know, uh, he was able. They were able to take away, take you know, Giannis was able to take advantage of, of his opportunities at the line, and they Phoenix just didn't have anybody to really guard him. Especially Aiton struggled, but when he, you know, they got him foul trouble last night, and that's when Giannis kind of really took over when he's off the floor. Um, you know, you could, you know, um, you could say, you know, yeah, maybe the Bucks weren't the best team, but they took advantage of the luck that happened to him and. You know, to, to win a title, you're going to have to do that. And they don't need to apologize to anybody about that. But um, what, what a performance by um, Giannis. It, that was one of, um, one of the best finals I've, I've witnessed. He was unbelievable. Absolutely. And you made a good point there. I mean, they took advantage of the situation. Yes, you could say, oh, if uh, Kevin Durant stayed healthy. No, I mean, if uh, James Harden and Kyrie Irving stay healthy, they beat the Bucs. Yeah, they probably do. And if like LeBron, or if AD was healthy, the Lakers are probably – they probably lose. They probably wouldn't beat the Lakers. Yeah, that probably is true. But what the Bucs did was they took advantage of the situation they were in, and they won a championship, and Giannis took advantage of the situation – that he was in, and he, and, he, and he won a championship. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can play this game. We can play this game all day about injuries. You can play this game back in 2019 with uh, with Kawhi Leonard. He, he probably wouldn't have won a championship if Durant was healthy and Clay Thompson were healthy. So you can play this game all day. You got to give the Bucks credit for winning this championship. You got to give Giannis credit for winning this championship. He, he, was, he came up huge in the NBA Finals. He was outstanding. He had four games, three games where he scored over 40 points. That's phenomenal. That, that, that's amazing. And that, that, that's absolutely phenomenal. So you just got to give the Bucks credit for what they did. Absolutely, you have to. You know, it, again, it, it was an impressive. You know, look, you know, Giannis clearly was the best player on the floor, but at, besides that, you know, Phoenix probably the second and third best player. I'm like last night, you could argue Bobby Portis was the second best player, and if you told me that, there's, you know, no way the Bucks are probably going to win the game, but they did because Giannis was so great and he was so efficient, going 16 for 25. It, again, every time he just got it in the paint. You just knew he was going to finish it in close. Uh, he was unbelievable all series long and finishing around the rim. Um, and, yeah, it, you know, he was obviously the biggest difference. He does not, you know, have another star, star along with him. But, you know, he, he kind of proved that you can do it without without that second guy. 
He might not have another star around him, but a big key and the big reason why the Bucs didn't win these series and a big reason why they won games four and five, though, was because of Chris Middleton. I mean, Middleton had 40 in game uh, in game four, and then uh, he had, a, he had uh, I think, 29 in game five. That, that, that was huge. It was huge that, those two, that Middleton and, and uh, Holiday stepped up in game five because they, they don't step, in, step up in game five. The Bucs don't win that game because Aiden had a good game for Phoenix in game five. Booker was great for Phoenix in game five, and so was uh, Chris Paul. And they shot almost 70% from three-point range. So the fact that those three guys, those two other guys stepped up in game – they might not be superstars, but they were, they were still a big part of this championship team. The fact they stepped up the way they did in game five. And obviously Holiday with those two steals he had in games four and game five late in the game. Yeah, Holiday didn't have a great series scoring, but – he was outstanding. He was he was really good scoring in game five, and he had those two huge steals. And Middleton, Middleton was great in game in games four and five. So yeah, you could say they don't have a superstar, but a big reason they won the series is because Holiday and Middleton uh, stepped up in game five. Yeah, absolutely they did. And you know, Drew Holiday all series long was a great great defensively. Yeah, he made not done the scoring. He had a couple big steals, but I thought all around defensively, um, he did a great job on, on Booker and Paul at times when he was on him. So yeah, you know, Holiday stepped up defensively. Yeah, um, Middleton played a great game five, which I needed. Bobby Portis gave him a big 16 last night. So, yeah, they kind of – they have yeah, – they don't have that second superstar. You know, Middleton's been an all-star. Drew Holiday's been an all-star. Um, you know, Portis has been more of a bench guy. But, yeah, you know, they – they caught, some of the rule guys that had to step up did because, yeah, you know, Giannis was unbelievable. But one guy – it's pretty tough for one guy to win a whole whole series again, you know. Um Honestly, is incredible, but you do need other guys around to do enough. And Holiday Middleton did pick up and and did their part, and even by Portis last night. Absolutely, absolutely. So we talked about what happened with the Bucks and the reason why they came back. Now we got to talk about what happened with the Suns and why they 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 were up 2-0 and they ended up losing four straight. I think I think the biggest reason was is Devin Booker was not good. He was not he was he was not good at all in Game Three. And, and and he was and he was and he was not good last night. He went over seven from three point range. So that was a reason. I think another reason was was Paul Nayton's playing game four. Because if Paul Nayton played well in game four, Phoenix is up three one in that series. That's pretty much all they needed was Paul Nayton to play really really well in game four because uh, that 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 was a key because because uh, in game four uh, their bench outscored. Th- their bench outscored the Bucks bench. Uh, Holiday didn't play well in Game Four for the for the for the uh, for, for the Bucks. So uh, all they really needed Phoenix was they needed uh, they needed uh, they needed Aiton and Chris Paul to play well in Game Four. And the, the, the reason the big reason they didn't win that series the the, the, the game that's going to haunt Chris Paul forever. In this NBA Finals is game four, we only had 10 points. That's a game that's going to haunt him forever. Aiton only had six points, too. Booker had a great game, and it was all setting up for Phoenix to win. And game four, the ball started rolling down the hill after game four. Absolutely. It, it, it did. And, um, yeah, Paul, that had to be one of the worst games I, I've seen Paul play offensively. Just really struggled. Um, you know, even Aiton really could not get anything going. He had 17 rebounds, but he only had six points. Um you know, Crowder played well, but yeah, that was a game where on the road you had to take advantage because going up three one, I don't think there's any way Milwaukee was going go in there and beat or and, and beat them in game five. Um, but yeah, it was that fourth quarter. Um, Phoenix kind of struggled. Milwaukee made some big defensive plays. Middleton hit some shots. Giannis played well, and, and yeah, Milwaukee kind of changed the whole tide. And it looked like game five, Phoenix came back a bit. 
you know, played a great first quarter and then they let Milwaukee back in and, um, you know, Milwaukee really hasn't looked back since that point. Nope, nope, nope. And, you know, and, and Giannis was outstanding. I mean, that was the big question. What was going to, what was Giannis going to be like? And that's why I picked the Suns because I didn't know if he was going to be a hundred percent after, after his injury in, in the conference finals. I didn't know if he was going to be a hundred percent. So that's why I picked the stuff. So I picked the Suns, but you, we knew it's amazing. I mean, we thought he, you thought maybe after his injury against the Hawks, he might be out for a year. Then he turns around and he has this performance in the NBA finals. It's, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. Cause yeah, you know, it was a question mark after game one. Um, you know, they, game one, you know, game, um, after game one, they lost. And I felt like when Milwaukee played, um, it was a game they probably could have won. And you look at it with Giannis and with a knee injury too. Yeah. It, it, the last few games, I guess even the whole series, it really didn't look like Giannis had much of a knee injury, which yeah, when he went down in the Eastern Conference Finals, it, it you know, again, you thought the worst because it looked like it was the worst, but um, he played unbelievable. He played like nothing ever happened to him, and he was unbelievable. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, before we wrap up, wrap up talking about the finals, we got to talk about the legacies of uh, Chris Paul and uh, Giannis. We'll start with Chris Paul and Chris Paul is clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer, but obviously this hurts his legacy because he still has not won a championship. And this was a he had a golden opportunity to win a championship. If he plays well in Game Four, he probably has a ring. That's that's the, that that's that's the thing. And I mean, and you know, great. And that's that. And and when you're a top player in the NBA, that that that's that's uh, that's a determining factor. That 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 separates you from 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 the from the greats. From from you know the the LeBrons, the Jordans, the Magics, the Birds. The uh, the the uh, the Kobe's the great players in this this league win championships and Chris Paul unfortunately has never won a championship. Yes, to be fair, he did. He really the first you know true superstar he played with was James Harden back when he was in Houston, and unfortunately he got hurt in in uh and didn't play in games six and seven of that series, and they very easily could have won that series against Golden State if he was healthy. But you know this this was this was a blown opportunity, you know, and. Uh, Yes, is Chris Paul a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, but is he is he going to have is he going to have the career Giannis? Who we're going to talk about next? Giannis is Giannis is having is he is he having LeBron's career? Is he having Kobe's career? Is he having uh, uh, Durant's career? Is he having Magic's career? Is he having Bird's career? No, I mean he's just that's it, first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's he, he probably he's probably not a top twenty five player of all time, and a big reason for that is he hasn't won a championship, and he is the first player to blow four. Uh, series is where his team has led 2-0. 2008 against, against the Spurs, they, they faced the defending champions. They were up 2-0. They lost that series in seven. 2013 against the Grizzlies, they were up 2-0. They lost that series in six. 2016, where he got hurt against the Blazers. You know, that's, not, that's not really fair to judge because he got hurt against the Blazers. So They lost that series in six. And then, two, then this series, up 2-0, and they lose in six. So the legacy of Chris Paul is first ballot Hall of Famer, but not top 25 player of all time. Yeah, he's going to be one of the best point guards in this generation. He's going to be – I I would – no, not put him in the top five all-time point guards, but I'd probably put him six, seven, somewhere around there. It, it's unfortunate for one of the best who's been now in this generation not to be able to win one yet. Game four is going to haunt him. Um, you know, obviously he's – you know, his team hasn't been able to finish. I, You know, some of that obviously is, is on him, but, again, there's four other guys with him on the floor. I know the – injuries who knows they kind of bounce you know who knows they bounce back and they and they win if he stays healthy but 
you know, it's it's unfortunate for one of the stars because wherever he goes to, he makes that team better. You know, it, you know, I think last year with OK, that OKC team is the best example. Nobody thought that OKC team was going to be anything. Again, they were a five seed, gave or gave Houston all they could handle. Um, you know, or and you know, um, had a chance to win that series. But look, um, he's been one of the better guys. You know. Again, I was kind of rooting for him to get one because I wanted to see one, see it because he deserves a win a ring. But um, it's unfortunate he's not going to get it again. Maybe next year, wherever he goes, I don't put. Yeah, you know, who knows? I don't. And know. I and I think he's going to be back in Phoenix. It's going to be very difficult for him to get a ring next year because say you know LeBron and AD are healthy. You and then you look at a team like uh, you look at the Nuggets and they can get Murray back. They can get. Porter playing at a higher level, and they can get Jokic. You look at a team like uh, you look at uh, the Dallas with with Luca. Then even in, even if Kawhi can come back late in the year for the Clippers, it's still gonna be very very hard. This was their shot. This was their chance to win. I feel like they blew it. This is this is the Suns' chance, and I think this was Chris CP3's chance to win a championship, and I feel like he blew it. Absolutely, I you know I think it will it it was you know you're up two zero. And uh, Jace put up a comment. I could see Chris Paul going to the Lakers and chase a ring. That would be a great fit. I think Chris yeah, Paul – I mean, I remember back in 2012, that's where yeah. – if it wasn't for David Stern, he would have been a Laker, and he probably would have a ring. That's, yeah. the, that's the big thing. <laughs> yeah, he, and I, I could definitely see him going there because, you know, they're not re- they're not resigning Dennis Schroeder. So, they're going to be looking for one. He'd probably take a pay cut too. I don't know how much – you know, I know the Lakers have money, but I, I again, I could see I could see him doing that, you know. Again, I I could yeah, absolutely seen that. I, I can't, you know. I, I guess I'd cheer for just Chris Paul in LA. I wouldn't really cheer for the yeah, Lakers. Because you're a Kings fan, one, yeah. You're yeah, a Kings fan, so. yes. So look, I, I but I'd be happy for him if he ends up going up LA and winning a ring. But we'll see. I think that would be a, a nice spot for him because I know him and LeBron are pretty good friends. Absolutely, and LeBron was pulling for him. You saw him yeah. sitting courtside uh, in Game Five of the Finals, so you know LeBron was pulling for him. So um, now, before we wrap up, we'll talk about Giannis's legacy. And right now, I think Giannis right now is a top twenty-five. Clearly, I think cemented himself as a top twenty-five player, uh, two-time NBA MVP, now an NBA Finals MVP and NBA champion. He cemented himself as a top twenty-five player of all time. Absolutely, he's just so unique, and again. He may not have a shot, but he's just so impossible to stop on a drive. And that 2013 draft, going 15th overall in a very weak class, probably has gotten a lot of scouts fired for that decision. But he was a guy really nobody really knew what to think of, you know, coming out. He showed his first few years. He kind of stayed with it, you know. Again, Milwaukee hasn't really hit on their first rounders either lately. Jabari Parker, um, Vaughn couple other guys you know they really haven't hit on their first rounders and he stayed with it he's been unbelievable um again the final performance he put on too absolutely just you know rocketed it um and yeah you know again kind of what i mentioned he they took advantage of some luck he kind of did and you know he was unbelievable and yeah i think he is right now a top 25 player of all time and Look, if he ever can shoot a three, he's still 26, and you see he's a guy that wants to get better. Like, even his free throw shooting. Like, it, his, yeah. I like his form. It's just sometimes just does not get his legs into it. Yes. yes. It. Say he improves his free throw shooting and can shoot threes. He'll be the next He'll be the next LeBron James. He'll be the next oh, LeBron yeah. James if he can shoot free throws and, and, and develop a three-point shot. 
He didn't have to in this postseason because of some of the breaks he had, you know, some of the Nets injuries, not having to face the Lakers in the finals. But if he could, if he can get a three point shot and he can hit free throws, he, he'll, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be unguardable. Absolutely. 100%. And he seems like a guy that's always working on it. I bet he's, you know, he's working on it because his form's not terrible. It's not. It's just, you know, um, just got to get a little bit better at it, better at it. But yeah, um, he'll absolutely be unguardable because he pretty much is. And, you know, you kind of know he's just going to drive on you. You know, I think every time you kind of, he took a jump shot, you know, 10, 15 feet away, it was usually a victory for Phoenix that he didn't get to the rim. And at, at one point, if, if, that's something he's going to be able to do, hit a 10, 15-foot jumper consistently. It's going to be pretty scary for the rest of the league. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And I got to admit I was wrong. I said he made a big, big, big mistake signing that contract with Milwaukee because I felt like, you know, he – he, he uh, if he, you know, I felt like he, he couldn't win a championship with that roster. Uh, you get a couple injuries from, from the Nets and you get a couple injuries from the Lakers. He, he, and 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 uh, he was right there. He was right there. He got his opportunity, and he won it. So I'll admit I was wrong. I'll admit I was wrong about that. Absolutely. I I, I was uh, you know I was saying I I love that he stayed and he won, and I think it's good for the league that he wanted to stay in a small market. But I, I was with you. I just I didn't think they were able to get another star, and it wasn't going to be able to happen. But yeah, I, I was wrong too. He's able to do it. Um, you know and. You know, um, all the credit in the world to him. I think it's great for the league and, you know, that, you know, because, look, you look at the other kind of stars. You know, you look at KD. He went to Golden State to win one. Even LeBron's first time around in Cleveland, he didn't get one. He went to Miami to go win a ring. You know, you, you see all these kind of – these top guys kind of go form super teams. Giannis, Giannis didn't do that, and I think, you know, we should give him a lot of credit for sticking in Milwaukee and wanting to give this um, city a ring. Absolutely. And this might, you know, change how superstars think, how superstars think. Maybe they just want, maybe this could, 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 this could change, you know, guys, you know, leaving their teams. Maybe now guys can stay with their teams. I don't think it's going to change because I think a lot of people are going to look back and think, okay, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of injury. The other teams had injuries. That was a big reason why the Bucks made their run. But there is a chance maybe things change because of it. I don't think there is, but I think there's a chance things could change because of it. There could be, you know, there could be, you know, where some of these stars kind of, if their team seemed close enough and it's like they just haven't game over the hump, maybe there is some thought. Maybe we can run in some luck one year and, and you know, we could take advantage of it and, and yeah, win one. I, I'm with you. I still don't think it's going to happen because I, I think, you know, um, I mean, you guys just want to go play in a big city, big market, want to go play with another star and not have it all on their shoulders. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to change, but I think this does help. The, the league more, you know, that we did get somebody new in Milwaukee. We did get a, a star that did not have a super team be able to win it. But, yeah, I don't I don't think it's really going to be able to change. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Now, going from a star who stayed with this team, and now we're going to talk about a star who potentially could be, you know, demanding a trade out of, away from his team, and that's Damian Lillard, who uh, – on Friday, there were rumors that he was gonna he was gonna request a trade in the in the coming days. He has not yet, but I feel like that he's gonna end up getting traded because I just don't think Portland is really outside of drafting CJ McCollum in 2013. I don't think Portland has really supported him. And you look at this competitive Western Conference right now. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be another. They, they couldn't beat a shorthanded Nuggets team in the first round. They couldn't beat a, a team without Jamal Murray in the first round. 
right now for the Blazers, I really feel like it's going to be a lot of one and duns. And I think at 31, Damian Lillard is tired of one and duns. He wants to go to a place where he's going to compete for a championship. He wants to maybe go to Philly and compete, you know, and uh, and have Joel Embiid with him, or go or or go to the Warriors and have uh and play with play with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, or play, or even the Clippers and play with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and then I've heard some rumors about the Heat and the Knicks too. And the Heat went to the NBA Finals uh, the uh, last year. And you look at the Knicks; you, you put Lillard, Randall, and Barrett together, that could potentially be a top three team in the East. So I think it's inevitable that Lillard's going to get traded. I think so too, but um, I think it will. I was kind of reading something, and you know, they people around the league don't really necessarily think it may happen this off season. We'll see. Um, you know, I, again, I think Philly. It's probably a good spot because I think obviously they, you know, Portland may take Ben Simmons and kind of, you know, they may have that big piece of the puzzle. The Knicks, I would love to see that happen. Um, Lillard with going to New York, kind of building that team. I, I don't want them to go to the Warriors. I don't really want that one to happen. I even heard the Kings are making a push. For yeah, them, but listen, but, listen. Yeah, no, listen, listen, listen. But, the, why would he ever want to go to the Kings? I don't know. Fox, exactly. Oh, uh, all right. Pair up with them. Do. What? What to go one and out, one and done in the playoffs? Uh, we'd, we'd still be the fifth best team in our division, though. So I don't. Yeah, even exactly. Know exactly. Exactly. A, exactly. Spot, exactly. But, you know, so I'd be interested if we didn't have to give up Halbert or Fox and them. But I don't. Yeah, I know that one's a pipe dream. But I, I know I think probably Philly makes the most sense for him because I just think the trade value because they're going to be able to send Simmons over. The Knicks have some uh, pieces too. They could. They could um, they got yeah, and he's Jay's you know, a great point. If the Sixers miss out on Harden and Lillard, that would be pathetic. You know, trade Ben Simmons, please. Just trade Ben Simmons. He's, you know, I don't know get why Philly wants to hang on to Ben Simmons. Jay's one hundred percent right there. If the Sixers miss out on Harden and Lillard, it, it would be pathetic. And I I agree one hundred percent because you're you're not beat with this mm-hmm. roster. You're not beating the Nets healthy, and you're not beating the Bucks. That's a fact. No, absolutely, you're not. Yeah, and we we've seen it the last few years. You know, Embiid is a heck of a player, but you you said it for years. A center he cannot win you an NBA title without you question. Without yeah. question, a center they don't they don't they don't uh, they don't they're not ball handlers, and they they can't they they don't shoot threes well. That's why they can't they, you can't win a championship with your best player being a center. Yeah, yeah, you can. And Tobias Harris is a really nice piece, but again, when you have a guy like Ben Simmons who can't really shoot. Teams kind of, um, you know, stay, stay on him more. And, again, you get a Lillard, and, and that's going to open up more space for Tobias Harris, which, again, he's a, you know, he's all, you know, he's a usually pretty good uh, three-point shooter. So, yeah, I, again, the Sixers, for a city like Philadelphia, too, that, you know, love their teams and don't, you know, you know, want to see the Sixers team after, you know, all the uh, trust of process and all that, it hasn't panned out. You know, yeah, they've been in the playoffs, but they haven't taken that next step. To get a Damian Lillard would be unbelievable. To not get Lillard, I think that the city's going to, um, you know, again, to be, you know, very disappointed and not try not to get another star in here. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see where Damian Lillard ends up. We'll see what happens with that story. He is playing for Team USA. We'll talk about that later. But the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media.
The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitch. If the Seattle management is going to give you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by overtime. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. So uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues, and uh, now we've heard that he declined a two-year contract extension, which made him be the highest-paid player, paid player in the league. And uh, this thing is this thing is heading towards a divorce. I feel like it is, and I wouldn't be surprised. And this might sound crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded before the season. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bronco if the Broncos get the Packers a deal they can't refuse, and he gets traded before the season because this thing's heading towards a divorce. I don't expect him at training camp next week, and if he's not at training camp. That is a big, big problem, especially not to have your quarterback at training camp. I mean, this is this is going to be this is getting to, this is getting to be uh, this is turn this is getting really bad for the Packers. Uh, we we kind of knew it was bad for the Packers when he requested a trade, and and it all stemmed from Jordan Love. It all stemmed from that pick. Instead of going out and drafting T. Higgins with that pick, they go out and trade up to go get Jordan Love. To me, that if that, that, that it made no sense at all, or no, I think they traded back. They traded back to get Jordan Love. It made no sense at all to take a quarterback at that time, and that's what's caused all this dysfunction around this organization. And right now, this might sound crazy. I think Aaron Rodgers gets traded for the season. I really think he might. I think the Packers do it. I think. I think it's. He, I think it's such a distraction. He's not a camp. Uh, they might want. I think they might want. I think. If he's not at camp, they end up moving on with Jordan Love, and I think he is traded for the season. It might sound, this might sound crazy, but I think he does. Justin, your opinion? Do you think Rodgers gets traded before the season? No, I still don't think he's going to get traded. I, again, I don't think the Packers budge on trading him. I really don't. It doesn't seem like they want to. Again, you're you're trading one of the all time best. I know. Look, I I tell him to sit there next two years and just pout on the bench if you want. You know, I, I wouldn't give another team an all-time top quarterback. I don't care what I get back. The value is not going to – you're still going to lose a trade anyway, no matter what. You're, you're still going to lose that trade. So on the Packers, I, I kind of just sit there and let them pout if he wants. You know, I, I'm not giving him away to another team. Yeah, maybe I lose him free agent three in three years, but who's going to want him in three years if he hasn't played? You know, again, who, so I don't, I'm – I, I'm still not trading him. I just don't think there's enough value for him. It, yeah, it probably sounds like it's he's not going to show up next week. He did get a ring, though. He is a part owner with the Bucks, so he did get another ring now. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that helps, though. But um, I, I still I still don't think the Packers are going to trade him, even though I'd be shocked if he does show up to training camp next week. Oh, here's one thing I guarantee. I guarantee he's not on the Packers roster in 2022. I think he's gone. He's not. He's not. He's not lasting the end until the end of his contract. I think this thing. I think this is this is a divorce. This thing. This thing is. This thing is ugly. Uh, Lafleur taking the ball out of his hands with the game on the line. I don't think he trusts the head coach. He doesn't trust upper management. I mean, yes, he might play this season. You know, 
he might play this season being being PO'd and uh, being up being upset and uh, and 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 uh, just playing it out, play, and just and playing it out, and, and and maybe just you know winning the division, losing the playoffs like he normally does every year. But I, I, I I'm going to tell you, I guarantee this: he's not going to be on the Packers roster after this season. I I could see it if if they don't trade him, and again he kind of sits there, and maybe he does go on to retire, maybe comes out and few years and tries to come back and play like Favre did. I don't I, – I could totally see something like that happening. I really could. I kind of, you know, um, you know, for me to go um, – to that drafted love, like, I, I – and this is – I couldn't stand that. Obviously – I could yeah, not stand I, that. I back. couldn't either. I don't understand why the Packers did it. But the Packers have shown you, though, that they still want you and they still love you. I, I get that, yeah, that was a dumb pick, but – it's not like they're trying to get rid of you right now. They still want you to be your quarterback. If they're trying to make you the highest played guy out there, they still want it, which, you know, again, kind of, uh, you know, unfortunate Packard. But, yeah, I could see him not being on the roster. You know, I don't think he gets traded, though. I think it's like he retires because I don't, you know, obviously they're not going to release him. I think it, it, it's because he retired after the season. I, I do not think that they will trade him. Yeah, I mean, it might sound crazy, but I mean, if Denver comes up with like an offer where you know two first round picks, Bradley Chubb, you know, maybe you know, you know, you may just have to do it. You know, yeah, I think your roster. This isn't a, a terrible roster. It's not a great roster. It's not a terrible roster. I mean, they got one of the top corners in the game in uh, in in Jari Alexander, Devontae Adams. I don't think he's as good as DeAndre Hopkins, but he's one of the best receivers in the game. David Bakhtiari is one of the best left tackles. In, in all in, in all football, so I do think this roster is still pretty good. And if Jordan Love is the quarterback, there's a chance with this with the, how, with this divi- in this division that the Packers could still win this division with Jordan Love. It's not, it's not, they're not in the NFC West or the NFC South where they would have no chance. They could still win this division with Jordan Love. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers trade him in in in, in, in the next month. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get. I wouldn't. You know, I'd kind of be Sunday trade them, but yeah, because I yeah they still have a playoff roster. I've heard you know Jordan Love's not ready. I would think he. It sounds you know he's gonna need probably another year under the belt again because he lost all offseason last year. Um, and so yeah, I think that NFC North they could still win it without Rodgers. I think you know they're probably at, you know, eight nine wins, maybe ten, maybe pushing it. Um, but yeah. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I still think yeah, you still have a good roster, but again, you're not beating Tom Brady with Jordan, you know, Jordan Love. You're not be, I don't think you, you're not beating the Rams with Jordan Love. Like, you know, yeah, you may not, I, I, I'm still there. Yeah, you may not get anything for him, but he's not in Denver. You know, I know the Niners. They kind of they don't have much um, assets after they traded off. The Niners, Niners, Niners are not trading for Aaron Rodgers. The fact they. Uh... The fact they traded up for Jordan Love, and I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, about the fact they traded up for Jay, Trey Lance. There's no way the Niners are trading for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And we might have lost Justin. Maybe if they have the chance, I think it's they could. Um, I didn't think they maybe they may they maybe they may pull the string on that if they could do it. I, I still and I know Denver. They it's a team they probably play you know every four years. I just I don't get why you trade one of your all-time best to. But to if he's good. But here's the thing about the organization, though. 
they they took a quarterback in the first round. So they 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 were feeling like Aaron Rodgers was on the decline after 2019. So I wouldn't be surprised if they traded if they traded them if they felt that you know that 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 they could have they have the guy in wait if they felt they have a guy that could be their franchise quarterback in Jordan Love. That's why I, I feel like the Packers. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded him. Now, as we've said, it's a, it's a terrible pick because, because at the time, because you're not picking a guy that's going to improve your team in the next two to even three years. I think in the first round, you can't take a guy that's not going to improve your team in that year, nor the next three years. So it wasn't. I don't think it wasn't a good pick taking Jordan Love. But I wouldn't. But on the other hand, I would not be surprised if the Packers traded Rodgers because they felt that Rodgers was a, was on the decline, which they were wrong about. But they felt like he was on on the decline after after 2019, and they took a quarterback. So I, I, so he has every right to feel that he was being disrespected by the organization uh, for, ta- for 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 them taking Jordan Love. I don't blame him. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't either. I think it's gone a little bit too far now that the Packers have shown that they still. Do love you. They still want you to be your quarterback. I think when they drafted Love, I think because obviously he's a developmental beat. They still never should have taken him that spot. But you know the Packers. You know I, I knew he was a project and probably thought, look, two to three years when the yeah, is good. yeah. But you take if you if you if you if you want a project, you take a project in the second or third yeah. round. You don't take a project in the first round. The first round when you're drafting in the first round in two thousand. This is in two thousand five. When you're drafting the first round in 2021, you're taking a you're taking a player that's going to help your team in that year. You're not taking a player that's a project. You're not taking projects in the first in the first couple round and in, in in the first round of the draft. You're taking a project maybe as a for a quarter. If you're drafting a quarter, maybe you take a project in round two or three. You're not going to take a project in 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 in, uh, in round one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why they you know I don't know why they did it. I or I think they did it. They thought he was a project. They knew he was a project. Again, I don't I don't know why they drafted him in the first round. I really was not high on him coming out. Um, he had you know again the turnovers were issues. He missed some throws in college. You know, again, yeah, he was a guy that I thought was you know he needed some time under his belt to be able to be a starter. It, it was dumb. Yeah, they could have drafted the They could have drafted somebody else in offense for him. To help him now, I, I, you know, I don't get why the Packers wanted Love. I, I they wanted their, they want him for the future, uh, down the line. But you know, again, um, I, I know Rogers didn't like that he didn't get notified and all that. They probably should have told him, hey, we're gonna draft Love, but they this abs- is our plan with they, Jordan Love. They, they should have ab- just gave him the plan. They absolutely should have told Aaron Rodgers. They, they, and and that's led, led to this dysfunction in this organization. And that's led Rodgers to being as upset as he is. And he's got every right to be upset. In my opinion, he's got every right to be upset. You're you're one of the top three quarterbacks in the game. Your team shouldn't be drafting a quarterback in the first round. I think that's absurd. And I think that's ridiculous. And then then you have to hire a head coach that takes the ball out of your hands. You hire a head coach that that yes, Matt Lafleur has done a good job in his first two years. But is it Matt LaFleur who's won a lot of those games or Aaron Rodgers who's won those games? I have a feeling it's Aaron Rodgers because you look at Mike McCarthy. I mean, he was he was a he won a lot of games in Green Bay, but look at him in Dallas his first year. He went six and ten. So Matt LaFleur, the jury's still on him as a head coach. He made a terrible coaching move by taking the ball out of Rodgers' hands. I mean, you're down eight points late in the game. You don't kick the field goal. You 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 go for it there. And you try to trust your defense. No, you go for it there. So, uh, so right now, the, the biggest thing with Rodgers right now is is uh, he doesn't really have any trust in this organization that that, that they're going to do the right thing. He's really upset with the organization, and I feel like they're not going to come to, re- to they, 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 there's a chance where this doesn't come to a resolution 
or he he, he sits out this season or he gets traded. There, there's a big chance of that happening. There's a good chance yeah, of that there happening. There, there is right now. There, there is. Yeah, I, I get, you know, yeah, they didn't, they didn't tell him. Obviously, the one uh, taking the ball out of his hands, which was the biggest joke, the worst, one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. I don't, you know, you're taking out of all-time great quarterback there. Yeah, and I, you know, I think he's probably more upset about that play than you know what they did with Love. I think, but yeah, you know, he's got all the right to be upset. I think he taking it now a little bit too far. I'm at the point where it's like, all right, you know, again, you still have a great roster. You know, you go to Denver, they they have a great, good, very good defense. They have a lot of young, uh, talented wide receivers and offensive, you know, weapons. You got Kansas City and the Chargers to worry about with Mahomes. You know, Herbert's good. The Chargers, I think, are going to be better now with the yeah, new that's head a, coach. That's a good point. That's a tougher division. Yes, I, I get it. That definitely is a tougher division with the Chargers and the Broncos could potentially be two playoff teams. Yeah, so I, I no, think, no, no, you know, no, 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 my bad. I mean, Kansas City's obviously a, obviously the best team, and then you got the you got the Chargers that could be could be or could be a potential playoff team. So yes, that's a, that is a tougher division if he goes if he if he plays in the AFC West. AFC West, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he has, still has a better shot winning a ring in Green Bay than he would in Denver. You know, look, I know he would still probably have to go through Brady. Oh, oh, abs- oh abs- absolutely. I completely That's- agree. Because you look at you – know, we're going to get to the Rams. You look at uh, the who's the second-best team in the NFC. It's a big question mark between – you know, we're going to get to that too because you, the, Ram- the Rams had a big injury yesterday. you got the Rams, the Seahawks, the Packers, uh, uh, the 49ers. Saints, if, if Winston could, you know – put up some numbers, which well, I think he can. But we'll I know there. they lost some pieces on the defensive side. But Yeah, but the point is, is there really isn't that clear, defined second-best team behind the Buccaneers. So, And in, and you look at the Packers' division, the Vikings are, are, are a below-average team right now. The Bears are probably going to start a rookie quarterback, and the Lions are absolutely terrible. So, yes, the division is easier. So if he stays in Green Bay, you're, you're 100% right. He definitely has a better chance of winning a rank. Yeah, you know yeah. what? You know what? I'm sorry. That is absolutely ridiculous to even say that. I, you know, I know it's off topic, but that's just a ridiculous statement that the Giants are the best. Jace, I, 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 even Jace does not believe that. Okay, Jace does not believe that the Giants are the best team in the NFC. That, that, that I, I don't know why that is even on, on a comment on our show. The Giants are the best team in the NFC. That is the most ridiculous statement. I I, 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 I've heard. I mean, a team that has not won a playoff game in ten years and is a and is highly questionable and is a and is a very questionable quarterback. That team is the best team in the NFC. Give me a break. Give me a break. Jesus. I if you mean the best team in the NFC, you forget East there. Best team in the NFC East. Okay, I'll take it. But best team in the NFC. Come on. That is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous to make that statement. Saying the Giants are the best team in the NFC. That is absurd. I had to get that in. Yeah, I don't know. The Giants aren't there yet. Maybe, maybe in a few years, the thing, Daniel Jones is trying to show his uh, – and keep developing. Maybe, maybe in a few years. Maybe five five years. Yeah. Rodgers and Brady are all gone. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I think the Packers still have a better chain. Rodgers wants to be there. I, I get with the organization all that. You know, look, you can go sit in with John um, Elway in Denver. I just I, – I just think – it. He wants to win another ring. It's it might be better to kind of suck it up for another few years. You know, try your luck. Maybe you try to get Brady this year in the FC Championship game and knock him off this time. But again, I think in Denver, it's it's going to be a little bit harder. 
Absolutely. And you never know something can happen, something, you know, yeah. Brady can get hurt and then you're the favorite. That's the thing. Yeah. See, that's what Absolutely. happens. It's just like with Giannis, you know, the, the Nets had injuries and then he became the favorite and he won a championship. So you never know. You never know what can happen. So you never know. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think the smart move is to stay with the Packers for Rogers, but I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think he'll be on the team this year, but I, I guarantee you he won't be on the team in 2022, the way things are going. Yeah, I think I could. I more than likely see him if he's not on if he's on the roster next year. It's more that it if he retired than he got traded. I do I do think that, but you know, especially if he sits out. Um, you know, I I hope he gives the Packers another chance here. Right, I, I kind of hope. I want to see him try to win another one, but yeah, I think if if he sits out this year, and yeah, I, I think he's he probably retires. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But we have another, we had another, we have more, more big news in the NFC and uh, a big injury uh, for the Rams. Unfortunately, uh, Cam Akers uh, suffered a uh, ruptured Achilles. He is going to be out for the season. And this is a bigger loss than people think because of the running game and, and the way Dar- uh, the way him and Henderson ran the ball last year. Akers had 620, 625 yards rushing. Uh, Darrell Henderson had 624 yards rushing. Team was 10th. Uh, and it, without having a, a, t- a top back, because they remember they got rid of Todd, they, they released Todd Gurley the year before. Without having a top back, that uh, th- this team was tenth in the league in, ru- in rushing yards. So they they did it by committee. Now with Acres out and Henderson's got to be that number one back, I think there could be a major drop off in the running game. Which for Stafford, not having a running game and they're not going to have play action, and then that, that leads to more Stafford turnovers, which he's been prone to do throughout his career. So I think this law, lo- I think this is a loss for the Rams. Now in terms of winning the NFC West. Uh, I had them winning the NFC West and going to the NFC Championship game. This move, I still have them winning the NFC West. Uh, I still have them winning the NFC West because I feel like uh, I feel like uh, uh, McVay is a really good coach and he's going to figure this out. I st- and I still think they have a better defense than Seattle. And you could trust that their quarterback will stay healthy in San Francisco. Uh, and you can't trust that Jimmy G is going to stay healthy. I think the 49ers – if Jimmy G stays healthy, are the best team in that division. But I can't trust the fact they're going to stay healthy. That Jimmy G is going to stay healthy. So I do think the Rams are are the, still the best team in the NFC West, and uh, I do still think they're Super Bowl contenders. But I, don't, I have them losing the divisional round now. I don't have them going to the NFC Championship game. But the first question I got to ask you, Justin, is: Are the Rams the best? Can the Rams still win the NFC West without Cam Akers? I think so, and I think the filling the hole that second spot in the running backs can be Xavier Jones, who out of SMU, he had two seasons there where he's a thousand yard rusher. He had 23 wow. touchdowns in 2019. He played a lot of special teams last year for, but I, again, I think you know we've seen the the Rams kind of have a committee the last few years, and I, I think that's going to continue. I know so search, so where did Jones play his college ball? SMU. So why? So that's the good thing about Justin. He knows like where these guys play in college. So you you think that you do think that uh, oh, yeah. you think that he could step up? You think you think he's going to be the the answer? The answer he's going to be the replacement for Cam Akers? Yeah, I believe he'll be behind Henderson. I you know the Rams have done it with a committee. He's a uh, follow him to uh, to eat. I think just over two hundred pounds. Uh, you know another kind of smaller back, but he's quick and, and you know special teams guy last year. But I think he feel fill the void. Um, you know. You know, with with Cam Akers out, and then I think the third trying to Jake Funk, a undrafted rookie from Maryland who didn't have a ton of carries. Last, I think he had 500 yards rushing last year. Um, again, um, not the quickest guy in the world, but um, you know, I think that's probably the three running backs at the moment. But I with Stafford and with that defense, I think the Rams are still the best over 
all-around team in the NFC West. I don't trust Seattle's defense. I don't trust the Niners to stay healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, if, not, if the Niners were healthy, they'd be the best all-around team if they were healthy. Yeah. But you can't trust. You can't trust Boza's thing. Because Boza, people forget with Nick Boza, he was hurt his, senior, his, his junior year in college, too, the year before he got drafted. So you can't trust him staying healthy, yeah. and you can't trust, the obviously, the quarterback staying healthy. So there, there's a good chance that Trey Lance is going to get thrown, thrown into the fire this year. Yeah, so, you know, and who knows how ready he is. You know, we're, we're, we're going to see. Because it's going to be his first game really in two years. He played one game in October in Central Arkansas. So, really, really hasn't played a game in two years. So, yeah, we're really going to learn a lot if they do have to throw Trey Lance in the fire. But I still think that the Rams of the West are still the best overall team, um, you know, with their defense, too. I Again, I think their defense is going to be able to keep them in games. If, if they do have trouble scoring the ball, scoring and running, Again, I, their defense could be able to keep them in, in plenty of games. So I still do think the Rams will win, win the NFC West. Are they still a Super Bowl contender? I know this is, this is an easy question, a pretty obvious question. I still think they are. I I still think they have a chance. I think running back is a spot where, look, if Xavier Jones could kind of fill the void there, I still think they can. I think, you know, look, I know we haven't seen Stafford much in, in the playoffs. But I think with Henderson, I think I think Jones is going to do fine. I really think he's going to be able to step up and, and have a great year for the Rams when they need him. Um, I, and I think with their defense, I think they still do have a shot. I really do. Especially, look, we don't know what's going to go over Rodgers. Um, look, Tampa, I, you know, I, obviously with every guy coming back next year, they're going to be a tough out. But I, I still think the Rams could make a run here. I, I really do. I think running back is a spot where – um, you can kind of fill it, you know, if you find, you know, I think you kind of fill the running back spot. Um, in most cases, I think oh, it's Chase, 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 Chase is stating the obvious. The NFC West can be the best division in football next season. Oh, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, there's a very good chance they could get four playoff teams out of the, of the NFC West. They because of the, because of the three wild cards now, they can get four play off that whole yeah. division can make the playoffs because I think, I think that the, obviously the Rams, I, I got them winning it. I got Seattle a very close second. I got, I would have the 49ers winning it if I could trust, you know, Garoppolo and Boza to stay healthy, but I have them as a wild card team. And I got, despite Cliff Kingsbury, I like the addition of JJ Watt. I like Kyler Murray. I like DeAndre Hopkins. And I like the addition of the addition people aren't talking about is the addition of Rodney Hudson, but that's the best center in the league. That's going to, and then that offensive line is going to be good. I like the Cardinals to get, get one of the wild cards too, despite the head coach. I, 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 I like the Cardinals to being a playoff team too. So yes, NFC West, I think it was the best division in football last year, and I think it's going to be the best division in football again this year. Yeah, yeah look, the, with all the Niners injuries, they still won six games somehow. So, yeah, that, that division is going to be murder's row. Um, yeah, like, I, you know, I could probably – I think the Cardinals – I think the Cardinals and Saints are probably going to battle for that last wild card spot. Um, but, yeah, I think you very well could have four teams in the playoffs, which I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think that. Yeah, no, no. no yeah, with the old, yeah, because it's the first time that they've had three wild card teams. Yeah, yeah not, not that a whole, right. not, not that a whole division has made the playoffs. There, there were years back when they had the when they had the the uh, like the AFC East, the AFC Central, and the AFC West. I think there was there's been four teams that have made the playoffs. I think it, I remember. I think it might have been one year it did ha it did happen. Uh, the closest was when the AFC West when three of the four got in. I remember there was one year where in the like back when the Giants won their uh, when the Giants won their first Super Bowl in 2007. Three of the four teams in the NFC East got to the playoffs. The Giants got to the playoffs. The uh, the uh, obviously the Giants got in the playoffs. The Cowboys were the number one seed, and the and Washington the, and Washington got into the playoffs too. 
So yeah, and, 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 and yeah, Jay said three out of four from the West got in. I can't remember that year. I'll have to look that one up. The year with three out of the four got in, but I remember. I think one year four out of five got in back when they had the five team divisions before 2010. I don't know if you remember this. This was, this was back before. This was early. This was like late 90s. I think there was one year in 98 where the Jets won their division, and this no, this happened because the Jets won the division. Uh, Miami and Buffalo were both wild card because they played in the playoffs. Miami beat them, and then New England got into the playoffs. So four out of five teams in that – no, not the whole division, but four out of five teams from that division made the playoffs. So we've had four teams from a division make the playoffs, but this could be the first time probably in NFL history that every team in a division could make the playoffs. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, very well. Uh, very well could be possible. But, um, yeah, it would, which would be crazy. But, yeah, it, it's possible with the rest of the – you know, NFC East, all teams are probably going to be around 500. The North, who knows what the Bears are going to look like, you know, with, with fields. I don't know about the Vikings. I, I think the Saints are the wild card. I think the Saints are the one team that could probably ruin that chance of, of all four. You know, if it comes, yes, kind of comes and, down and to that, it's, are, it's funny how you say that because I do – obviously, I do my – I've done my – like, I've not – they're not final, but I've done my record predictions. And I have the Saints 9-8 and eight and the Cardinals 9-8. and eight, But I have some tiebreaker. I have the Cardinals getting the spot. But the, you're right. The Saints could be that team that could mess that up. Absolutely. You know, I, again, I, I like James Winston. I really do. Um, so, again, I think he's going to come in here and fill, the, fill that spot well. Um, you know, with Sean Payton. So I, I think the Saints are going to be obviously not 12 or 4 again, but I, you know, they won't win the division, but I, I think they're going to hang around. I think they're going to be a, a nuisance to a lot of the teams, you know, whoever they play this year. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it'd be pretty crazy to see the whole division get in. But again, you know, they may just beat each other all up, though, you know, in the two games, they all could, you know, go two and two or something and, you know, really bounce each other out. Absolutely. And but the point is now the Rams right now, it's, it could hurt their running game. But as Justin says, Xavier Jones could step up. So remember the name Xavier Jones. If he has a big year, it was brought up on this show. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was introduced on this show. I don't think I've ever heard. I know, honestly, I've never heard of Xavier. Was, what uh, what rounds he drafted in? He, um, I don't know if he was even drafted. If he did, I think it was like sixth or seventh round. I watch. I don't, I don't watch a ton. Of, I don't. I don't watch a ton of AAC football. I mean, you watch a bunch. I know you watch a ton of AAC football, but I don't watch a ton of AAC football. So, did he play with Garrett Gilbert? He probably played one year with them, and then he probably had Shane uh, Bouchelle. Oh, Bouchelle, Bouchelle for a couple of years. So, oh yeah, you must have watched a lot of their games. Offense. That was a fun yeah. offense to watch. Their defense stunk, <laughs> but they they put up some points. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, so Xavier Jones, remember that if he has a big year, we'll remember you're brought up on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully now. Now now I need him to. Now I need him to have a big year. Exactly, exactly. So we've got a story about another NFC Union team, the Buccaneers. Obviously, we know they returned to Foxborough in week four, but there's a Patriot player, an unknown Patriot. This, this Patriot player has became noticed by saying this. Is that on a, on a team, I think a Patriots week? What was, it, what was the podcast? You know what the podcast yeah, was called? Yeah. Patriots Weekly. Um, yeah, I don't remember what the name was. Yeah, but he said on a podcast he said uh, that uh, his name is Byron Co- Byron Cower. He said we are. Did you remember him playing at Maryland? You probably do. I probably do. I remember him being at one of our D tackles. I like gotcha. way down the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now that now this guy's talking about you know we are not welcoming Tom Brady back to New England. Now, number one, I respect the competitiveness. Okay, you see, you know, you know, it's a football game. You should be competitive. I don't care if the guy played for on your team for years. You want to be competitive. You want to win. I get that. But to, to number one, number one, the, the, the first reason why I got a problem with this is to say that publicly. 
just shut your mouth and play the game. You're a, you're enough. You're nobody in this league. Shut your mouth and play the game. Don't worry. Stop talking about. Oh, we're not here to welcome Tom Brady. Enough. When half when half your fan base is probably upset that you said that because most of your fan base is going to have their jersey. They, they probably will be Patriots jerseys, but most of your fan base will have hit Brady's jersey on when they play in Week Four. So stop with that. Stop with that. And number two, when you put on a Patriot jersey, you got to respect number twelve. I'm sorry. Okay, you got to respect the greatest to ever do it. By far the greatest Patriot in history, and probably and, and and by far the greatest quarterback to play the game, the greatest to ever do it. You need to show that kind of respect. Not none of this. Oh, that Patriot players shouldn't welcome Tom Brady. Brady, but fans. No, no, Jace, Jace. The players should too. Come on, I'm the players Jace. should too. You're all. I, I, I know. Where, I, know where, I know. Where you're, I know where you're going there. You're, you're with Jace, but I, I, I see they should welcome Tom Brady. They should all. They should all. You know. All right. All right. You compete during the game, but they should, you know, they should definitely say, they should definitely, you know, talk, uh, you know, you know, see him before the game and everything because of what he did for that organization. There's not a player in professional sports that's done more for an organization than Tom Brady has done for the New England Patriots. And there is no bigger fact than that. The no, no player, not even Michael Jordan with the Bulls, no player has done in professional sports what Tom Brady has done for the New England Patriots. So the Patriot players and this Byron Coward should respect what this man has done and not play the game and say, not, not, not say, Oh, we're not welcoming him. Nonsense. He nonsense. Respect the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes. You can compete. Yeah. Compete against them, but show respect. None of this. Oh, we ain't welcome welcome him back because let me tell you something. Brady's using that as bulletin board material. Just like when Anthony Smith told him 13 years ago that, that, uh, he, that he, I think uh, that he guaranteed a Steelers win. Brady uses stuff as bulletin board material. So Byron Cowher, Better watch out because Tom Brady is ready to have a big game against that Pats defense in Week Four. Yeah, you know, again, I'm I'm okay because I understand what he's saying. Look, this is a Bill 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 still coaching here. Bill, you know, um, yeah, yeah, J- he's gonna be walking here as the enemy. He really- the enemy, the enemy. He plays out. He plays out a team they play once every four years. What do you mean the enemy? It's like he's walking he's in with the he like, It's not like he's I- playing for the Jets, okay, or the Dolphins, or the Bills, or even the Giants. He's not the enemy. It's the Buccaneers. What history do the Buccaneers and Patriots have? Well, not, not, now, now, you, you, you know, Bill's going to be calling the enemy all week. Like, he's going to be the enemy. Look, I, you know, again, I will sit there Sunday night for my TV during, you know, when he walks to that stadium. I, you know, I will. And I, yeah, it's more of a welcoming for the fans than it is for the players. Look, the players, yeah, they again, they'll probably all go, you know, during warm-ups, go shake his hand, go, you know, see how he's doing, doing all that. I, I, you know, again, that's all going to happen. But I, when that, when, when the coin, after the coin toss, when that ball's set, it, it, he's going to be the opponent. He's going to be the enemy. You know, Bill, Bill is going to want to have the a great, you know, Bill, Bill's going to want to um have that. Bill's going to have that team ready to go. You know, he's the players are going to want to play that game and try to get that game for Bill too. You, you know, to kind of, you know, take some of the heat off of you know, of that. And um, again, that's going to be a huge game and. Everyone's gonna matter for the Patriots. I'm I'm okay with saying you know he's you know it's not he's not welcome. I, he will be pregame, but when the ball's you know kicked off, then yeah, then again, there's gonna be no uh, you know it's you know it's you know it's gonna you know they're 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 gonna uh, take him like any other quarterback will walk you know each 17 weeks they're all 17 games that they have this year you know. Um, it, it's more for the it's more for the fans than it is for the players. 
Hey, looking at Jason's comment, he did a lot for – he did more than any athlete in professional sports did for a team, okay? He did, he did a lot for you. He did more than – and he's not the enemy. But, yeah, when you're competing in a game, I get what he means a little bit. What Coward means a little bit. When you're competing in a game, you want to win the game, and the Patriots will be ready. They'll have those guys ready to play that game. But to, but to be but to say that, number one, you don't want bulletin board material, and I feel like it's disrespectful to say that to somebody who's done so much for one t- for that for that team. Yeah, no, and I get it. And Coward, he is our third string nose tackle still. Third string nose He's tackle still, talking. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, he is so um yeah, under five TD. I still won't boo him, but I'll be a little bit disappointed that we still let him go. But um um you know. Yeah, that's the oh, last no. guy you want to. Here's what will happen if, if 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 after after Brady torches the Pats with five TDs, he'll be he'll be the he'll be the enemy. He, I think Jace means uh, that guy will be the enemy. He should be the enemy yeah. if he torched oh. him with five TDs. He should be he should be because he 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 created bulletin bulletin board material. Yeah, which Brady loves, as we all know. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, um, which, but yeah, um. Look, and uh, Coward, what I've read too, he had nothing, you know, besides, you know, after what he said that, he had nothing but great thing to say about Tom Brady. You know, it wasn't, he's not trying to disrespect Tom Brady. He's just, he's going to be another, you know, when the ball snapped, he's just going to be another quarterback that's walking in Gillette Stadium to the players. To the to the fans, yeah, it's Tom Brady on the other side, but to the players, it's, he's just another, he's another opponent we're facing this week, you know. Again, I, I expect nothing but cheers for Tom Brady. Probably not going to be the same for Gronk, but you know, I don't. It's expect. It. It's ex- it, it, there should be cheers for Gronk, but some boos are expected for Gronk. I don't have that. Yeah. A huge problem with boos for Gronk. No, I, I wouldn't. But you know, I, I get it. If you boo Tom Brady, then you should be kicked out of the stadium. But oh, yeah. Look, yeah. I think for everybody, we'll be cheering Brady on. You know, but um. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with what he said, but yes, that's probably the worst thing to say to, about the. Tom Brady for bulletin bullet, bulletin board material because he takes all that and loves to uh, kick it right back in your face. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens in week four. Uh, it's, it's 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 getting close. It's getting close. We're getting close to time where football season starting. Training camps uh, opened up for the Cowboys today. I think the Steelers tomorrow, and then for everybody next week. So and, and knowing and uh, I know we got that breaking news. We'll get, we're going to get to that, Jace, after we talk about this. Uh, uh, we got uh, we got Saquon Barkley. We've heard r- reports that he's saying he might not be ready for week one. And for me, I'm a little bit concerned about that because he tore his ACL in week two of last season. I'm ho- I was I'm hoping he's going to be ready for week one. I'm, I expected the Giants fan for him to be ready for week one. I didn't expect him to, to say, I'm not sure. So that definitely concerns me when you hear not sure if he's so – when he says he's not sure if he's going to be ready for week one. Absolutely, because you know, I saw it, you know, posting about, you know, his – like he looks ready, you know. Um, looks like he's a lot stronger, but I know he didn't have the surgery to late October, but still, yeah, it was week two. So you would hope it is a little weird, you know, and unless the Giants are trying to keep it under wraps and not letting Denver game plan if he's going to be there or not. I don't know. That's really the only thing I could kind of come up with, but yeah, I don't, you know, it, but yeah, it is a weird sign because it's going to be almost a year and. Now, usually you kind of sometimes see guys come back in nine to 10 months and be okay. But for 12, you know, and the thing is, too, for the Giants is you got to make sure he's 100% ready, too, because he's such an important piece of that offense where you don't want to, you know, re injure him. But it is a bit concerning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm really concerned because these are winnable games. That, I mean, games that against teams that are that they, 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 they could beat early in the season. You got, you know, you got, you open up 
against Denver. It's assuming Aaron Rodgers isn't there. They open up against Denver at home. They go they go to Washington on a short week, and then they play Atlanta. These are winnable games, and if we start, you know, look at our schedule in the set, uh, after after that, you know, going to da- uh, go to Dallas, we go to New Orleans, go to Dallas two weeks in a row. The Rams, uh, we got uh, we got after Carolina, you got you got you, after Carolina, you got Kansas City, at Kansas City at Tampa. Looking at our schedule after that, Giants got to get off to a two and one start. This is very concerning if Saquon Barkley is not going to be ready to start the season. Absolutely, yeah, because you know. Yeah, there's some winnable games. Again, Washington's going to be a huge one. That, that really could be a huge game for the division. And, know, that, and having Barkley is a difference maker because that opens up yeah. play action and, and, and uh, slows down their pass rush if we can get a running game in that game. Absolutely, it will. It's going to be a huge, you know, he's going to be a huge part of the offense. He's going to be, you know, every every week with the Giants. And, yeah, you're going to need that running game. You know, Denver's got a pretty good defense as well. Atlanta, obviously, they, you know, Still kind of in rebuild mode, but yeah, you know, again, you, you especially you want them at New Orleans and at Dallas. Those are going to be another two huge games. So it it, it is a bit concerning that he may possibly not be ready. Because yeah, you say he, he's just again, whatever you know, he's just so important in that offense, and it's one to yeah, you want him week one and want him ready to go. But if he's not one hundred percent. You don't want him hurt week 14, 15 down the line because he wasn't ready, and now. When you need a must-win here late in December, he's not going to be available. I get that, but you also want to start with do what the Giants did last year and start, you know, zero and five or one and one and seven. Because if that happens, they're not making the playoffs. That's the thing. And don't forget, uh, Wayne Goldman's not in this team anymore, so their running game is not going to be good at all if Barkley's not there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, they have no uh, Goldman. I, so um, yeah, cause who's the starting running back right now? It's um, Booker. Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker, yeah, and they and they, dra- and they drafted a kid from Arizona too, uh, Gary uh, Brightwell too in the yeah, sixth which, round. Yeah, so I, that, that's their running that, that's their running backs right now. So they have to make sure Barkley's healthy, and I hope he's ready for Week One. Yeah, hopefully he will be because he's he's a great player and it's fair for the sport. And yeah, you know, obviously, you know, you're right. You can't get off to a slow start either, um, especially with that schedule that they got. You know, if, yeah, Week Four, Five, and Six: Saints, Cowboys, Rams. So. You want them healthy. You want to get off to a good start, but it it is concerning. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we wrap up our NFL talk, thanks to Jace, we got some breaking news. Uh, Fred Warner signs a five-year, $95 million deal from the 49ers. And my take on this is, is this shows you that the 49ers are really going to be building this team around Trey Lance. They're going to they're going to end up uh, they're going to end up paying. Proposal is going to get a he's probably going to get thirty million a year as a pass rusher. So they're they're really they're really, they've already paid Kittle last uh, last offseason. So they're really building this thing around. Uh, around Trey, Trey Lance. They'll never pay a running back because in Shanahan's system, there's no need to pay a running back. But they're building this team around Trey Lance, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I really like this move for the 49ers. Warner is a top-five linebacker with with uh, with with Bobby Wagner, with Darius Leonard, with Demario Davis, with Devin White, with Levante David. You see how I don't have Blake Martinez on that list because he's not a top-five linebacker. He's a top-ten linebacker. I'm reminding Chase of that. <laughs> but, yes, but uh, yeah, so Fred Warner, I think this is a really good move for the 49ers. And, again, Showing that they're building this team around Trey Lance. Absolutely, yeah. For, you know, this defense with Bosa, Warner, uh, it's one of the best defenses in the league. Um, so yeah, they're building it, building it for the young quarterback. You know, um, getting that defense set. Um, they got some pieces offensively. So yeah, good, good move by the Niners. Fred Warner, obviously one of the best linebackers in the game right now. So yeah, building around the uh, building around the young quarterback and. Um, 
Trey Lance and Bosa. Yeah, Bosa's probably next, and he's gonna get another big deal. But um, you know, defense is a you know, I know it's all about offense now, but you still gotta have a a, a you know a still somewhat defense. Oh yeah, the decent Buc- defense. Buc- the Bucks had a real had a really good defense last year, and they won the Super Bowl. Their pass rush right. was the biggest reason why they dominated the Chiefs in that game. Absolutely, you know, and Niners want to get back to that Super Bowl. They're gonna need their defense to uh, be superior and say hopefully stay healthy. And you know, the Niners are going to be right there once again. Absolutely, that team just has that team just has to. As we said when we were talking about the Rams and the NFC West, that team just has to stay healthy. In my opinion, if, I don't think they're going to. But if this team, if the Niners team stays healthy, in my opinion, they're the second best team in the NFC uh, right now. If if, if the Niners team, if this Niners team stays healthy, I don't have, I don't think they are going to. I think, I think unfortunately, Garoppolo's going to get hurt again because he had he hasn't he's only played one full season in his in his in his entire career, but. I, I I think that I I think that if they could stay healthy, they're the second best team in the NFC. Absolutely, I think I think they can be. I think them and the Rams are going to be right there. If Rodgers can't, if Rodgers isn't going to play, they're going to be right there. And yeah, they they got a shot to take down Tampa Bay and get back to the Super Bowl. They can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll see we'll see what happens there. But the Yankees are playing better. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Red Sox fans have long to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Can you believe it? It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. Fires. Swing and a miss. Frank Lee is over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Tune in to the newest show presented by Clovercrest Media. It's Obie's Backstop Podcast. Catch it twice a week, every Red Sox series finale on your favorite podcast platform. So the Yankees, uh, finally we can talk about some positivity from the Yankees. Finally. Finally we can because, uh, you know, they won won three out of four. They took two out of three from the Red Sox last week. They won last night over the Phillies six to four. And I think things are starting to come together a little bit. And it starts with the rotation. Garrett Cole pitched really well on Saturday. Uh, Jamison Tyone and Tyone has pitched better lately. So three starts. We say no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'll I'll take. I'll keep Tyone. I'll keep Tyone in the rotation now. I think he pitched really well on Sunday night against against the against the uh, against the Sox and uh, and I think another big thing that's happened. Yes, they had the COVID issues with Judge and with uh, with with uh, your shell. But guys have stepped up, as you saw. Florio hit the home run last night. Uh, You saw uh, Greg Allen. He's been playing well. So. The guys that the guys who've been filling in have, have stepped up, and Gary Sanchez has been big. I mean, he hit, uh, two, he hit two, he's hit two big home runs. Hit that big home run on Saturday. Hit the big home, hit a big hit a home run last night. And Glaber Torres, half almost half his home runs have been in the last week as he hit a home run on Saturday and he hit a home run on Sunday. So, and the, the, the most important thing, I think, one of the most important things was Chapman got the save last night. I know he gave up the home run to McCutcheon, but he got a save last night. He's back in that closer's role, and that is where he needs to stay. He needs to stay in that closer's role. Britain needs to stay. Needs to. Britain needs to be the setup man. Green needs to be the seventh inning guy. They need to define the roles in the bullpen. If they can do that, I think their bullpen can come back to being really good. Uh, I think this rotation is starting to get a little bit better. Hopefully, you know we can get Kluber and Severino back, 
And then, uh, and then uh, the offense has got to pick it up. It may be, it may be a little bit too late because look at the standings right now. They're four games behind. They're still in fourth place. Behind the, they're, they're, I think Blue Jays are ahead by percentage points, but you know they're they're, they're they uh, they're four games behind the A's. Yeah, they're uh, I think they're uh, they're maybe I think, I think they're a game behind Seattle, but I think they'll be able to yeah, catch they Seattle. They think they'll be able to catch Seattle. So. This team has a shot at getting that second wild card. They continue to play the way they are, and, and, and if they continue to play the way they are, but they're going to have to keep keep uh, playing like they're playing, like they played this week. Absolutely, and this team is even with all the injuries and all that COVID. This is actually a baseball team now because they they do more than just hit home runs. They steal bases. You know, again, last night, um, Greg Allen, I think, got a walk, um, goes to second. Um, Floyd moves him over to third, and then on a line out or line out, Didi makes a mistake, throws an error to third base, and Allen scores off that. It's a team that they can actually put pressure on the defense. It's something they don't, you know, once they're starting nine, they don't have that. They don't have any of that besides Gardner. But getting 30, see 37, he doesn't put a ton of pressure on the defense. He's, you know, he still has the speed, but look, you know, this, this lineup. It's better constructed right now. I hate to say it, but it is. You, you, you know, all the, it, it, it's better constructed than it was two weeks ago. Um, now, yeah, it'd be great to have Judge back and all that, but it's better constructed right now. It's a team that's having fun. And can we get Hunru Park a, 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 an opportunity to start here? It, it, he, he has to be better than Tyler Wade. He cannot be worse than Tyler Wade. He's betting 330 and triple A. Can't be that bad. Can you start him, please? They're just seeing him on the bench. Oh, Tyler um, Wade. Why is Tyler Wade still on this I team? Don't. That's what I don't understand. I don't know. He can't fit the analytics plans. He really can't. And, you know, I, so I, I don't get it. But at this point, he probably will. It has no trade value whatsoever. But, um, um, look, yeah, the rotation's been a lot better as well. Cole, Cole has really figured things out. Um, Saturday night, really good performance. Um, you know, Tyone really strong on Sunday and in that Philly start, you know, back in June when he didn't even make out the first inning since then, he's, you know, I know he had the one bad start against the angels, but um, other than that, he's really come to life and something's figured out again. It's, it's starting to get in some rhythm now as well. So again, he's coming up huge. So yeah, hopefully Kluber and Severino can come back soon, but um you know, because right now it's Asher Wojciechowski on the mound tonight, which that's probably going to be an ugly one. But at least the Phillies seems, are pitching Matt Moore. But we got to hit. We got to hit this one. Yeah. But yeah, it, actually, I oh, it, they changed the Matt Moore because I know originally it's supposed to be Mauricio Labara. I think I, uh, he's some reliever they called up. But what, what I'm um, reading, it's it's Matt Moore. Okay, so they may have changed it. Um, they must have changed it. But we'll see. Um, probably be high scoring one tonight, but. I like the offense right now, you know, um, Gary, you know, even Stan, hopefully it would be nice if Stan could go on one of his tears right now. Yeah. Um, Cause he's, 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 he hasn't gone on a tear yet. Gary has a judge has, but he hasn't gone on a tear yet. No, not. It's on. Yeah. We're, yeah he did know, the beginning of the, I'll give it, yeah, the beginning of the year, but not a real tear in my opinion. Yeah. He was, he was going on, you know, for a while. Cause he, we had six or seven home runs, like in like a two week span. Or oh yeah, something. it's not my bad. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that part of the year, but yeah. So yeah, but it'd be nice to see Stan go on another yeah. tear. Yeah, because again, especially going to Fenway for a four game series would be really, really nice if you can get that going now. But um, you know, towards his problem, it's been it's like his bat speed's been a few. You know, they think like mile per hour slower than it usually is. I don't know if he's 
over the break, he's kind of fixed that and all that. But, it, you know, he's having some better at-bats, you know. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, he can kind of keep it going now and somewhat get back to the old labor. But, yeah, this team, you know, they're – and I hate to say it too, but I more enjoy watching this team right now than when it's nine sluggers and it's just, you know, it's just strike out or pop out. It, they do the little things now. And you still need that, and that's what they're doing right now. So I, you know, it, it's been great, and hopefully Greg Allen stays and be's a permanent new center fielder. Absolutely, yeah. I think him or Florey got to be the center fielder. Yeah. I know Gardner had a home run last night, but I'm sick of him. I am yeah, sick man. of him. I'm sick of him. I'm done with Gardner. So I would want Florey or or Allen being the center fielder. Absolutely, I, I'm down with either one of those two. Yeah, Gardner. Th- thanks for all the uh, times you've given us, but yeah, it's. You know, it's about time that, uh, you know, it's crazy that he's the oldest guy on the roster, but he's the only starting day um, outfield that, that's currently, you know, not hurt on COVID right now, which is which is crazy. They should hire him as a trainer because he never gets hurt. They, they should just force him like they did with like A-Rod. They should force him, force him to retire and tell him to give him the uh, trainer job. Never heard. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. But I think a big thing, too, and we, and we brought this up earlier, is the bullpen, and I like Chapman closing. I don't want Chapman – I want Chapman being the closer because I don't think we lose that Astros game at the end, the end of the All-Star break if Chapman's the closer. Chapman needs to continue being the closer for this team. They, they, they just define roles of the bullpen. Green seventh-inning guy, Britton the setup guy, and Chapman the closer. Absolutely. You know, Chapman – yeah, yeah, he gave up the home run to McCutcheon, but I think it was that bad of a pitch. I think – Probably left it a little bit more out, you know, um, over the plate than he wanted to. But again, it was like after McCutcheon hit the home run, he kind of settled in and he struck out the next three guys. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, Chapman, I want still there. Britain, hopefully, he can stay healthy the rest of the year. Yeah, he's again, he's a guy that's well, he had 53 straight saves. Like, again, he could shut down the door in the eighth inning. And then Green got out of trouble last night, you know, with the bases loaded jam. So, it's so as a seventh inning guy, he's he's been really he's had a few instances where he hasn't been great, but um, for the most part, you can always rely on Chad Green. So yeah, I'm that if that's their seven, eight, nine, um, they get a lead going the the seventh inning. You know, ninety percent of the time they should win that game. Absolutely, absolutely. So now we look at the Red Sox, and uh, they're still in first place, a game ahead of a game ahead of Tampa. And uh, I think the big story of the Red Sox was not what happened on the field, it was what happened up in Portland with Chris Sale uh, 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 making a rehab start. Uh, through, uh, went three, three and two thirds, struck out six, didn't go up any any runs, and his fastball topped out at ninety eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, because after the uh, postponed it, they were talking about Chris Sale for for a long while there. Um, were you supposed to work he, the game last night, and they postponed? Yeah, so that was nice that he canceled it right at seven. I was afraid yeah, yeah. that thing was gonna. They were, but we, but the station was talking now. about uh, – they were talking about sale. Yeah, they were talking about sale during the rehab start. Um, his slider, I guess, too, he, his slider – I saw some of the highlights. He looked – his slider looked like the old Chris Sale slider. He had one guy spin out of his shoes um, trying to hit connect on it. So, yeah, if he's – because last year – or 2019, I think he was throwing like 93, 92. Like his velocity was down, I think, most of that year, if I remember correctly. Like, you know – Again, if he can top out that velocity, that nasty slider, um, I think they're hoping more, too, he's going to be able to incorporate more of that change up, too. They try to get a more of a third pitch. 
um, as well. But if he's throwing a 98 mile per hour fastball, he may not really need that changeup at times, but um, it make him even scarier. But yeah, he looked good. And um, I haven't heard yet today. I've been trying to like look on, you know, some of their writers, but Cora hasn't spoke yet. So they really haven't, you know, I, I assume sale really didn't feel any setbacks, but um, we'll see. So are you still giving when he comes back? Are you still going with Richards being out of the rotation? Because the way Perez is pitching, he could be he might be out of the rotation. I he, I I think it'd probably be him and Perez. I think they want Tanner Houck to be that um fifth Yeah, because he's pitching that Thursday night game yeah. against the Yankees. Yeah. And again, I he, he is a right handed Chris Sale that with his with his um with his with his um the with the way he throws a paw, it comes out just like Chris Sale um with his arm action that funky delivery. So I think, you know, Eric, I could even maybe see them go with six man rotate, especially now that they're going to have two double headers in August. And I think, you know, um, I think they have a stretch in August where they play two, three weeks in a row. So I could see them maybe even trying to incorporate a six man rotation. Maybe it, you know, they're hoping Richards could kind of figure it out, but um, yeah, Perez hasn't been giving them going deep lately and, and Richards, you know, and the thing about both those starts, too, with Perez is they've had to go into really into their bullpen, and their bullpen has given up a ton of runs in both those two games. That game against the Phillies, they lost 11-2 in the game on Sunday night against the Yankees. Yeah, and which has been odd. Um, it was yeah, it was just um, – yeah, because it was like Hernandez, which has been pitching better. He struggled Sunday night. And Garrett and Woodlock, Woodlock, Woodlock – Woodlock was good. Workman, Workman. I think Workman's, Workman's no good. Workman's yeah. bad. Yeah, Workman, yeah, he struggled. He's, he's his yard is in the fours now. They brought him back, open to kind of he they brought him up after he looked good in triple A for a few weeks. But yeah, he he has not been really the answer. It's kind of that could they can they get another guy to um you know bridge to Matt Barnes? And, and that's kind of the question. Josh Taylor's been a nice surprise. I know he won't bat out against the Phillies, but for the most part, he's kind of been the other reliable guy right now. You know, Sal Moore coming over from Japan. You know, I don't think they thought it was gonna make this much of an impact, but he's pitched pretty. I know he gave up the game Saturday night, but again, those conditions were pretty, terrible, you know, terrible, terrible. Yes, yeah, so, um, I mean that was a disgrace by that fan throwing that baseball at Alex Verdugo. Yeah, too. that that was ridiculous. That was another ridiculous one. There were some um, very, yeah, you know, that that was that was ridiculous. So I, I uh, you know, that was awful. But um, they got to him Saturday, more Saturday, but. Yeah, you know, this Red Sox staff right now. Again, um, the last three series, or three series, they have won the first game, but they've lost the next two. So it's kind of like they get out to the nice start, but they really haven't been able to kind of close out the series. So we'll see game two tonight against the uh, Blue Jays. And R- Robbie Ray, who's been a great surprise, is not going to be easy, not easy out, even though it's in the uh, hitter's ballpark in Buffalo. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So looking at the lineup too, they started Jaron Duran. They called him up. He's been season playing. Uh, is that a better lineup? Is the, are they a better team with him in the lineup? I yeah, I, I like that lineup. I think because so that moves because that moves Kiki to second. Yeah, that moves. Yeah, it's Hernandez. They were hoping Arroyo was going to play first base, but unfortunately he got hurt again um, Sunday night. I think hamstring injury, stretching. Uh, you know, probably make a play at first. So. You know, they lost hey, Sunday night. I think the Red Sox probably had their best lineup of the year with Duran in there um, because it's now, now you know, now it's Danny Santana's got to be back in the lineup and Dahlback, who's been struggling, back in there. So that uh, Sunday night, the Red Sox was the best one of the year. Duran, 
Duran was the Mike Sosa is coaching uh, Team USA for the in the Olympics. That Jaron Duran was the best player on the um, uh, during like the tryouts, and oh, they wow. the only the only reason he didn't go is because I think this is the plan all all along to bring him up right before or right after the All Star break. So that's why Sosa didn't want to take him. So I, this was kind of the plan of they wanted him to, you know, after the break because, you know, he looked good. You know, he had his first home run Monday night. Um, I didn't. Uh, I think one at bat the other night, he made, you know, he had one bad at bat, but other than that, you know, the plate appearance has been pretty good. Um, he's the power has really come together this year for him. So um, they moved him up to two old two. They moved Verdugo down to try to take some pressure off him. And um, in the first game, Durant was in there two old. Didn't really seem like it bothered him too much. He looked like he, you know, he seemed ready for the um, for the challenge. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll see what happens there. Big now, big series this weekend at Fenway Park. Got a four game set starting on Thursday night. We start with Thursday night. We got Montgomery against your guy, uh, Hulk, Hulk, and uh, that, that that should be interesting to see both those two go at it. A Friday night, it's Cole against Eddie Rod. I'm telling you, I was bashing at Grotto Rodriguez, and he's really turned it around. I mean, he just pitched two great games against the Yankees. He has. It's it's kind of. The stuff that's came come together and his pitch sequence has gotten a lot better, you know, and it's, it's all starting to put it together now and they need a big second half, second half from him, you know, um, cause right now him and Evaldi have been good. Pavetta's had been up and down, you know, his, if his curveball is not on, he's not been great. Um, again, sale, obviously you come back, you, you hope Chris sale is going to be Chris sale, but you know, he looks good, but we'll, we'll see how, you know, um, he, again, I think Hauk's going to be a top guy in the rotation for years to come in Boston. So if they can get Erod going like Diaz, it's gonna it's gonna be a huge spark to kind of have three four guys to turn to. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And we got uh, Saturday. We got Jamison Tyone against uh, Nathan Evaldi. Sunday we got Herman against Perez. So uh, I think I, I had some faith in the Yankees. I think they I think they split. I, I I do too. I think I think they can't. I think with this new lineup, it puts pressure on them. They're not gonna have Judge back or Hirschelli yet, so we'll we'll see. But um, I, I think they can. I really do. I think they could get to Perez again. They really struggled with the ball the kind of the last few years. Even Erod, maybe they can kind of steal. Um, you know, they even struggled against Howe. But if one night they can get to that bullpen, I think the Yankees can get get out of there with the split, which. I take at this point. I'm more. Let's get the wild card. I I take going to Boston again and split. Yes, you want to win three out of four, but I take I take two out of four. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. But we got to wrap up the show talking about the Olympics. And the question, the first question I'm going to have is: Is he, are these Olympics even going to happen? They've they've said that they're 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 not ruling out that they're they're not ruling out that there could be a last minute cancellation. Will these Olympics even happen? That's that, that, that's the big question to start with. I think it, I think they will, you know, yeah, I know. Um, I think it's up to, I think there's been like seven I think, you know, um, I know it's kind of been scattered of the Kobe cases right now. Um, and it's, you know, just starting now with the soccer and softball both played last night. I think they will happen. Um, I know they said last minute cancellation, but you know, unless it's something really, unless it's some country or something really just comes out of nowhere tonight with the big bat, big, you know, case of Kobe cases, I, I think they're going to end up playing it. I think at this point, um, 
you know, yeah, I know they said it's too late to, you know, they or it's not too late now, but I, I think at this point, I think they they're they're gonna move, they're gonna um try to push ahead here. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with it. But we got to talk about the uh, team USA and uh, the, the and the basketball team and, and the exhibitions. They started slow as they lost to Nigeria and they lost to uh, Australia, but they beat they beat Argentina, they beat Spain, so they end up two and two in their exhibition games. And now going to the Olympics, uh, the, 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 here's the thing for them: they're lucky the group they're in. They don't have to face Luke in Sylvania. They don't have to face Nigeria or Australia, two teams that they lost to, and they don't have to face Spain, who's always a pretty good team, uh, who's always challenged, who always, I mean. Saying they have a challenger is usually their biggest challenger for the gold medal. But I mean, look, looking at this team, I mean, obviously they didn't play with that. They played without uh, they played without Middleton, they played without Booker, and they played without Holiday because they were they were playing the NBA Finals. But you know, looking at this team with Durant, with Dame Lillard, with uh, with obviously Bradley Beal's not going to play with with Draymond Green, uh, and obviously I don't know what's going to happen with Levine either. He might not play I, either. So I think I heard he um. He cleared and I think he's supposed to be rejoining the team probably tomorrow. That's gotcha. what I heard, I think, early in the day. Yeah, yeah. But they're not a complete shoe in to win. I think they should They should win the gold medal, but they're not a complete shoe in to win the gold medal. Especially, I think, in my opinion, their biggest challenger is Australia because they got Joe Ingles. They got uh, they got Patty Mills. They got uh, my cheese flyball. And, yes, Nigeria beat them, but they the USA barely had any practice time. USA had some practice time against Australia, and Australia beat them. So I think Australia is their biggest competition because I don't think that Spain is as good I don't think is they got Rubio, but Marcus All and Pau Gasol aren't the same players. So I don't think Spain is as good as they've been. So I think their big, in my opinion, their biggest challenger is going to be Australia. Yeah, Sylvania, they have Luca, but they have nothing around Luca. France, they got you know they got Batum and Gobert. Uh, Argentina has Ganolari, but I think it's Australia. I think you got guard, you got the guard play with with Mills, with Thibault. You got a guy who can shoot threes with Joe Ingles. That's the team that scares me the most. If you, I think that's the team that's going to give U.S. Uh, team USA the most trouble. Yeah, I'm with you. I know Spain's giving them the trouble, but yeah, I think that kind of core. They're getting older. I know. They're, yeah, they don't really have yeah the guard play. You know, um, you know, I'm interested too from Team Austria. Josh Green. You know, um, lat or 2019, one of the top recruits in the country. Went to Arizona. That's a, that's a, that's another reason why Australia is going to be tough. Yeah. I, you know, I think they have a lot of young guards. I think Green's going to really love to make a name for himself. He was because I know he got um, he's on the um, Mavericks um, G League team right now. So he's the guy I think would love to have a nice big Olympics here. Patty Mills is still, yeah, even Matthew Delvadova. Delvadova, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, another another name seems like been playing forever. But yeah, I think it's all in this Australia two, team too. They, they've been knocking at the door, but they haven't won a gold. They're, they haven't won a medal game yet, and this team's really been knocking the last year. So, I, I think this could really be the year for Australia where they could, you know, maybe get a silver or, or a bronze, you know, with the, the older kind of Spain team. Hey, or a gold. Yeah. I mean, look they at them right now. Right now, they're probably the favorite to beat the U. They're the, probably the team that could beat the U.S. So I, they beat them in ex. They beat them in the ex. They beat them in the exhibition round. So they definitely could win a gold. U.S. got lucky with the draw they got. I mean, they got you know. They got Iran, uh, Czech Republic. Those should be two easy wins. And then uh, then they got France. So France is definitely going to be their toughest game on Sunday. If they get by that, they'll win, they'll win both their games in the group stage. So they they really – yeah, they, 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 they miss playing Nigeria. They miss playing Australia. They miss playing Spain. And they miss playing Sylvania. So they pretty much miss playing four – probably four of the five uh, – four of the top five teams in the competition. And uh, and uh, and France France is decent, but they should be France too. They, they should be France. I mean, it would be their toughest game, but they should be France. 
Yeah, they should be France. They don't have Tony Park anymore. They, yeah, they still got a couple of decent guys out there. They should, yeah, they should win that game. Obviously, they should blow Iran and Czech Republic. Um, they, they should win both those games by at least 35, 40 points. But yeah, I think Australia is that toughest one. And, um, they got some youth to them. I know they got a couple of veteran guys, like a Patty Mills and um, Aaron Barnes. But yeah, you know, it's a team I think could put up some points with them. Um, you know, with yeah, with Ingles, who's a terrific three-point shooter. Um, Green's been pretty good. Um, Patty Mills, you know, they got Thibault too. So yeah, I, I think Australia is definitely going to be their toughest test. They definitely could win. Um, they could definitely knock off US, the U.S. again and win a gold medal. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Olympics opening ceremonies are on Friday. The basketball gets started on uh, on on Sunday. Uh, some of the games have started. Softball started. They they won their first game over Italy. Surprisingly, the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team lost to Sweden three nothing. So we'll so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Olympics, and I'll be watching it. Uh, I'll be I'll definitely be. I mean I won't be I won't be you know completely in tune, but I'll be watching some of the sports. I'll be watching you know, the board, the men's and women's basketball, the softball, and the uh, and and the girls' soccer. Yeah, you know, I'll probably watch bas- I'm more basketball. I'll probably watch baseball. I love watching water polo and rugby for some reason. So you do? I'll be yeah. tuned in for that. So I'll be tuned into the probably those sports. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For Jace Garcia, our producer, who did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week uh, doing our NBA mock draft, the first 15 picks, uh, talking MLB trade line, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, wall, see ya! Into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.